that uh, Hebrews is a very particular book with um, uh, a special help to Jewish believers who were being somewhat um, stumbled and brought back to Judaism. So uh, it talks a lot about the things of the Old Testament. And um, so maybe it'd be good just to give a little bit of a, a bird's eye view of this book. Um, Hebrews has, well, primary, it has an introduction of three or four verses and a conclusion. And in between, there's mainly three sections. The first section is on the superiority of Christ. The second section is on the way of faith, which is to encourage them on. They have a cloud of witnesses surrounding them. They should run with endurance. And then the third section has to do with the, um, uh, let, let's see, uh, the way of faith. Then there was the, let me just look here at my notes, remind myself, um, ha- had to do with the uh, virtues for the church life. And it talks about some practical virtues in the church life. So where we are right now in Hebrews 4 and 5 is in this section on the superiority of Christ. So that's what we really want to see is something related to Christ being superior to so many of the things of Judaism that might have distracted or attracted uh, believers from the Jewish background to, you know, be in those things. And so the first thing in this, uh, this section is the, the superiority of Christ to uh, the angels. And we saw that er- earlier, you know, because they, they exalted the God-given angels that Israel had, that were the good angels that did many things for Israel, right? And then the second thing is, <clears throat> there was the superiority of Moses. The, Moses was an apostle that led them out of Egypt, and, you know, they, they had some wonderful history related to Moses. So, you know... They exalted Moses. And then the third thing was Aaron. Mm-hmm. And that has to do with pre- the priesthood. They had God give, they had these priests that took care of their, their needs and such. And then the last thing we won't, you know, we won't get to, it has to do with the, the covenant that God made with them. Mm-hmm. Right? <clears throat> so at this point, what we want to go to in chapter 4 and 5 <clears throat> is this matter of the superiority of Christ and particularly related to the, the matter of the priesthood. Mm-hmm. Okay? So... Uh, let me just um, just use a little comparisons here. <clears throat> you know that if you use the <clears throat> a little chart, I wish I had a better marker. I don't know if anybody has dry erase, but anyway, I'll do it the best I can. Try to remember to bring one. Work. What's that? I think it's going to work, but it'll be probably a little faint. <clears throat> so you got one. You got one. Awesome. Well, you know, I had written down a note to myself that I should bring a a, a, a marker. <laughs> But it's, I'll uh, go with that one. Okay, wonderful. Thanks so much. I'll give it right back to you when we're done. Okay, so you got two things here. You've got Melchizedek, and uh, I'm not going to try to write it all out. And then you've got Aaron here. Okay, and these two were two orders of the priesthood. Now, actually, the first thing is, is the order of Melchizedek came first. So in Genesis chapter 14, there was this situation where Abram went to rescue his family member Lot. And so when he went out to to deliver him, he was, you know, empowered. He took his, it was like like the, the army rangers or something. These guys trained in his house. They went out and took out like four kings and, and rescued 
to this rescue mission, right? Mm -hmm. And so how could he do that? Well, there's some indication that Melchizedek must have been interceding for him. Mm -hmm. And so then when he, the battle was won, he came out there and Melchizedek blessed Abraham. Mm -hmm. And it says he was the priest of the Most High God. And he, so this is actually something that maybe we'll get to later that shows the superiority because Abraham's descendants, you know, which includes Levi, uh, was in a sense, was he who blesses is the greater, right? right? And he was blessed as the lesser. Anyway, yeah. and then, but Aaron, Aaron, the order of Aaron didn't come in until Exodus chapter 28. Wow. It's kind of like, I'm not saying to say an afterthought, but it was a remedial action because the people had some issues. <clears throat> they needed this priesthood to kind of take care of them. So the, the thing is, is this is the first. Mm -hmm. This took place first. The Melchizedek came out was the first mention of a priest in the Bible. <clears throat> okay, and then uh, if we had you had your Bibles open, <clears throat> uh, what I'm doing is I'm going through some of the verses we're getting to in Hebrews, and <clears throat> this this order of Aaron was something mm. was something temporary. And if you look, if somebody would look at Hebrews ten nine, <clears throat> you're going to find out that there was cause for that to be ended. So what do you want to read? He then has said, Behold, I have come to do your will. He takes away the first that he may establish the second. Right. <clears throat> so that means that it's going to come to an end. Temporary. That, that uh, it's a temporary thing. But if you read um, 5, 6, so I'm going to get that one. This one's 5, what does it say? Oh, that's Hebrews 10, 9. Okay. But what, 5, 6, that's in our reading today. What does it say there concerning uh, Christ? Even as also in another place he says, you are a priest forever. Right. Under the order of Melchizedek. Right, so if you're talking about superiority, this thing's coming to an end. Hmm. You know, if you are going to pick somebody to be your, uh, to take care of your case, if you realize they're going out of business, you probably wouldn't do, it wouldn't be a wise investment. Yeah to put your, uh, you know, your assets with him or whatever. But he's a priest. That, that's a business that's not going out, right? He's a priest forever. <clears throat> okay. And then let's pick up a few other points. 5.1 uh, says that this Aaron's priesthood was taken from among men. What does it say there? Yeah, taken from among men. Okay. Uh, but <clears throat> concerning Christ... What does it say in, in 5 5 and 5 6? Well, so, it was. Go ahead, you want to read it? Go pick it up. In Hebrews 5 6? Yeah, Hebrews 5. 5 mainly. Okay. Um, in the same way, Christ did not take on himself the glory of becoming right. a high priest, but God said to him, You are my son. Today I have become your father. And he says in another place, you are a, a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Okay, so God did it. It was God put, appointed him, put him into this office, right? <clears throat> so it was, and this was just from men, but this one is the son of God. It's a lot. Uh, okay, so as one who's taken from among men, we're all sinful. So if you look at... Um, uh, verse 3 it's well look at verse first look at verse 2 5 2 he it was 
he had weakness, right? He is encompassed with weakness. Right. So he's not necessarily able to do the job for you. He's got weaknesses. So that's 5-2. But then you look at, um, with Christ, if you look at um, two verses, 7-28, this one, he's not just held by weaknesses, but what? He's perfected, perfected forever. forever. Right. He's perfected forever. And as far as weaknesses goes, it says that uh, he is touched with the feeling of our weaknesses. This one has weaknesses himself. He passed through everything, was victorious, but because he passed through everything, he can, he's fully, he's touched with the feeling of our weaknesses. So he's not, he's not unsympathetic, right? He's touched with the feeling, with, with our weakness. He can sympathize with that, right? Okay, and that's uh, 415, I think. Okay, and then another um, comparison is this priest here, he has to continually offer these sacrifices, right? So he's offering a whole lot, you know, offering sacrifices. If you look at, um, oh, like 5-1, what does it say? It talks about him, gifts and sacrifices and things like that. But concerning Christ... It's by one sacrifice, right? He, he only had to do it once. And by his one sacrifice, he sat down forever. Mm-hmm. That's another forever. Mm-hmm. He, he sat down forever. It's like the job is done. Mm-hmm. So with him, he, so he's able to perfect those. These, with this situation, it was like a calling to mind. Every time, you're just reminded of how sinful you are. So they offer, got to cover it up again, you know. But when Christ comes, he just did the job, took it out of the way, and he's done. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, as far as his entrance, the priesthood of Aaron was like, they could only go into the holiest place uh, once a year. So if you've got any problems in between, you've got to wait a long time. <laughs> only one time per year. That, that was not so good, right? Yeah. <laughs> you need help, you got it. But with Christ, it's so good. Uh, he entered once for all, once for all, into the Holy of Holies, and he accomplished an eternal redemption, mm-hmm. right? And so it says in another place, it says that he opened a new and living way yeah. for us. So I guess if you want to kind of get down to it, now, and this is what we're reading, read verse 16. What's it say? Somebody want to read that one? What chapter? Uh, uh, oh, four. Four. Uh, Reese or, or oh, Natalie, yeah. anyone, anyone's got it? Go ahead. 16? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Mm-hmm. Timely help. Okay, so, you know, it's not like, okay, i got to wait a year <laughs> to get the help. It's like, right. we can come forward... Right now, Amen. come forward to the throne of grace anytime, right? Yes. And it's not just some guy who can do that to enter to do something for us. It's like now we can come forward because he opened the way for us. And guess what? When we come forward to the Holy of Holies, uh, this is one time you can just come in. When we come there, we find somebody special in the Holy of Holies. Who's that? 
Who's in the holiest now? The Lord Jesus. So, um, so you'd say, well, I thought he's on, on, enthroned in the heavens. Say, that's, that's right. So you can say the throne is in the heavens. But there's something special that we enjoyed two verses before in Hebrews 4.12, which is that uh, there's, the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing of soul and spirit. So I just bring out a practical point. If you want to come forward to the Holy of Holies today, where is the Lord Jesus? How about 2 Timothy 4.22? When you got that? Somebody read it for us. Go ahead, Clement. The Lord be with your spirit. Grace be with you. Okay, right. So where's the throne of grace? The throne of grace is now with the Lord in our spirit. Amen. So you can say, well, how's that possible? The Lord is in the heavens. Well, here, this will get you, is Romans chapter 8 has two wonderful verses, 34 and 10. I, Romans 8, 34 says what? Christ is the one that's... You want to read it? I'll let you read it. Yeah, go ahead. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ Jesus who died, and rather who was raised, who is also at the right hand of God. Right. So on the one hand, Christ is at the right hand of God. But what does verse 10 say? But if Christ is in you. So where is he? Is he at the right hand of God, or is he in you? In the same chapter. You'd have to say, yes. Right. So what, what's that tell? Well, I'll give you a secret. In John 151... It has this wonderful portion where the Lord told this guy named Nathaniel, it says, you'll see greater things than these. You will see heaven open and you'll see the uh, sun, what do they call it? It says this, angels descending, ascending and descending on the Son of Man. So what that means is, yes, Christ is here on the throne like our little diagram. And yes, Christ is in you, in your spirit, but he's also, I guess the ladder, whatever you want to call it, that joins the earth and the heavens. Mm, right. so, so what was this, Melch this Melchizedek doing? Eventually, he wasn't just offering sacrifices. He was ministering what was, he said in Genesis 14, he came forth in, to, to uh, Abraham with bread and wine. Okay, you know what the Lord Jesus did when he established his supper in Matthew 24? What did he do? What did he give to his disciples? <laughs> so, of course, you can say that, well, that, that's related to communion or something like that. But actually, if this one is in the Holy of Holies on the throne, he wants to give you bread and wine all the time. Because that's what's going on in this ladder. He's coming, rendering us the heavenly supply to, to live a, a heavenly life on the earth today. So we need to come make, you know, come forward to him. I'd get into it, but I think at my time, I should, I should probably stop here. But um, yeah, so we need to uh, realize that today that this wonderful high priest is on the one hand, he's in the throne, but on the other hand, he's in our spirit and we can come to him and enjoy him anytime, whether it's the morning or in the evening or... 
after class or before the test or whatever it is. And we do not have a high priest who cannot be touched, but he's been tried and he's able to minister to us. So we just need to come forward to him.